Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today I'm uh, introducing and meeting Adam Michalski on the, on the podcast. So Adam, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me, Thibaut. I'm really pumped for this. Yeah, so me too. We're going to talk about uh, partnerships, you know, and uh, why it's so important to work and, and sell with partners. But before we dive into that, let me tell a bit more about how we met. So we met uh, at our previous employer branch. You were in the New York team. I was in the Berlin team. We met for a sales kickoff in July. Had a really good time by the swimming pool, I remember. And then we were just really having a lot of a really cool time. And then, you know, I think I left a few months after. And then at some point I saw that you left. I was like, okay, oh, he's doing his own stuff. And you've been working on Partnered for a while. So, um, you know, that's we thought it would be really cool to have you in there, mostly because I've not been having a lot of success with partners and I want to really understand how it works now. So uh, before we dive into that, just tell us a bit more about you and what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, and I, I remember that SKO. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, we met each other at, at Branch Metrics. Um, I was there for five years. I joined as an early employee to, to help build out um, their presence in New York um, um, back when they were still around like 40 employees or so. I think now I think they're nearing in on 500. Um, so yeah. it, was, it was a pretty cool ride. Um, but I, I got to see firsthand at that point, branch was like a standard enterprise sale. Um, uh, but I got this in, you know, with branch, what's unique about them is they have like, you know, uh, a couple thousand, you know, partners that you can sell with, um, all different folks in the MarTech space, just given the nature of what branch does as a technology. Um, so what was really cool is like, you know, oftentimes we would be able to basically like exchange notes, exchange information, exchange introductions with a lot of those other salespeople um, who were already working on deals that we wanted to close and vice versa. Um, and uh, it was, you know, frankly, one of the, the best ways for, for uh, like that I saw, you know, to sell at, at the company. So um, I doubled down on that um, and was, was pretty successful, you know, uh, at, at closing deals at branch, which was awesome. Um, but then realized that like this whole process, you know, was, was kind of broken. Um, so I actually set out to start my own company in the space, which is partnered. Um, we were part of the winter 21 batch of Y Combinator, um, been full-time on it for uh, a little bit over a year now. We closed our 
seed round back in March. And Partnered is basically just a, a tool to connect sales teams to exchange introductions, kind of what I was doing, you know, super manually in the past. Um, mm -hmm. We built out an entire interface, kind of similar to like LinkedIn, um, that allows sales teams to connect, exchange these introductions, um, and do it in a much more, you know, uh, programmatic way rather than mm -hmm. having to basically just manually try and connect all these dots, which is, you know, essentially impossible at scale. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. That's, you know, selling at, at branch was a lot through partners. So, um, before, can you just tell me what is partnership sales? So I don't think, you know, as I told you, I have a pretty negative bias towards partnerships because I had really bad partners overall. So tell me what is partnership sales? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and the, I mean, part of the problem here is that partnerships can mean like a million different things. Um, so like one thing that I just want, like, I just want to narrow in on the definition of like, you know, what the most common partnerships are when it comes to partnership sales. Um, and th there's really like the biggest one by far, um, especially in modern day SaaS organizations is you know, your company probably has integrations with tens, hundreds, you know, some, some companies, even thousands, like in the case of branch of other companies where their technology integrates with another technology. Now they wouldn't do that if, you know, those technologies weren't complementary. Um, so by nature of them having the integration, like it's clear that your technology complements their technology and vice versa. Um, those are really the biggest area for partnership sales um, because you've already established that both of your companies, you know, should be working together. And usually once you have that integration, like the partnership team is then looking to make that partnership a little bit more strategic by doing things like co-selling, you know, connecting the sales team so that you can exchange introductions. Um, so that, that's really kind of the primary focus. There's obviously a whole world of partnerships that aren't, that are outside of that scope. But in terms of like where we focus our time and where most modern, you know, sellers should be focusing their time, it's really those relationships. The only one that I would add, which should be like a distant second on that list would be agency partnerships. Um, mm -hmm. And there's, there's a whole art to, you know, agency partnerships as well, which I'm happy to get into. But um, for purposes of, you know, any modern day SaaS seller, like, you know, if your company has integrations, which it most likely does because, you know, it's just a prerequisite now for any modern day SaaS solution. Um, that's really kind of the surface area that you should be focusing on, on connecting with those salespeople, because those are the folks who probably already closed the deals that you want to close. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, having conversations with them. Okay. Okay. okay I see. That's very interesting because, um, you know, like for me, what I've seen is that a big problem I, I, I've seen with partnerships I typically had historically. Now it's a bit different because I, I typically don't integrate. I integrate with technology partners. Like for example, yep. Tolstoy is a great example. Mailshake, where I train people on how to use tools or I train to how to do prospecting and there are a bunch of tools, a tool ecosystem around it. And then I can you know generate, generate opportunities like that. But um, one thing I found is that in, uh, in terms of partnerships, sometimes they bring you a deal or they bring you some kind of introduction and they say, that's a really cool deal. It's really warm. And you yep. realize these people don't know how to sell. So you end up with like a really terrible lead, someone who has no clue what they're doing and you're just wasting a lot of time. So yep. for me, that's why, you know, I've been wasting a lot of time with unqualified opportunities because people don't know how to qualify a lead. So how do you prevent these kind yep. of things with partnerships? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, so I think, 
one, one, of the, one of the biggest things when it comes to um, qualification is obviously just educating your partners on exactly what you do. Um, you'll find that like the best, you know, SaaS companies, like, I mean, your particular scenario, one thing I want to make clear is just a little, a little bit unique because you're obviously more of like an influencer in the space and like a sales trainer, you know, um, whereas most folks that I imagine who are listening to the podcast are really kind of like an account executive, an SDR, you know, or somebody like, you know, who's really more focused on like the day-to-day sales of, uh, of selling like a, you know, a, a, like their SaaS solution out in the market. Um, but regardless, you know, like the, 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 the core thing, um, is really comes down to just like education, um, and like relationship building, you know, uh, when, when you think about like actually building out those partnerships with, with any, any partner, um, one thing is that they need to understand is exactly what your solution does so that they can make sure that they're Mm -hmm. essentially qualifying when they're, when they're having those conversations. Um, but the other one, like the only way that you can really do that at scale, um, is really kind of like investing in those relationships and making sure that like, you know, they're not only are you teaching them about their solution, but you're also learning about, about like the, you know, um, uh, about, about their solution. So mm-hmm. like, uh, so, you know, both of you guys understand like each other's solutions and therefore you're able to actually like, you know, share, um, proper qualified leads back and forth. Um, so those are really kind of the, the, the two major things that, that I would be thinking about is like, whenever you're going to start working um, it's very easy to just quickly be like, oh yeah, cool. This makes sense. You know, like, let's just dive into a partnership. But oftentimes, like if you don't invest the time upfront, um, on making sure that like that partner is set up to succeed, you're probably better off just not even doing it in the first place because then you're, yeah, exactly. You're going to wind up getting uh, a lot more noise, you know, than you would signal, um, otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you said, you know, like uh, when I started like my business, there were people who wanted to to go into partnerships with me. So you sign agreements, whatever, and then everyone's excited. And then either you get like a flood of useless leads or you get nothing at all. So you just spend that time, you know, doing something. And and what I found is that sometimes people have the expectation that you're going to become a salesperson for them. Whereas for me, I'm too busy running my business. So I'm going to send you opportunities when, you know, they come, they show up opportunistically, but I'm not going to go and try to do some outbound for you. I'm going to do for my business. And when there's some upsell or, you know, like potential, I'll kind of get that. So how do you, you know, what, what's your suggestion to make sure that the partnership works properly? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good point. And like, what I find is like a, a lot of companies, you know, put way too much red tape around this, or just like, you know, when you're thinking about a partnership, it's like, you're going to spend all this time up front signing agreements, figuring out revenue splits, doing all this crazy stuff. Um, and then you like, after you waste months of time, basically negotiating all those things, then you realize that this partnership doesn't even work. Um, so it's, it's like my, my recommendation would be like, you know, pause on any of the formality, you know, um, basically just start working together. Um, at the end of the day, if it's actually going to be like a synergistic relationship, like, you know, you're just naturally going to start gravitating towards each other. And that's like, frankly, what the best partnerships are, um, is ones where like, you're going to have strong inherent interest. And like, whenever you're pitching, you're going to hear use cases for them. And then they're going to hear use cases for you. Um, once you start seeing that, that actually has traction, like at that point, cool, you know, put pen to paper and start figuring out like all the contractual pieces of it. Um, but you know, way too many companies I see will, will actually just go ahead and try and like, you know, document everything well in advance of figuring out if there's actual value. 
Now, to be clear, like there's definitely, you know, use cases for that, where if it's like a, a larger partnership with like, you know, a big company, like there's oftentimes not going to be chances that you can just go around that. Um, and those are like, I mean, there's a plenty of edge cases over here. Um, but for, for the vast majority of partnerships, like I'd say, I just say like prove it, you know, um, like prove it out first, uh, spend, you know, spend a couple months just making sure that like, you know, it's actually a partnership that you really want to invest in at scale and treat it almost like, like a POC, you know, just like a proof of concept and just like test it out and make sure that the partnership is actually something serious. Um, and then, you know, then put pen to paper, um, but don't, you know, go through all the headache and then realize after the fact that you just wasted months of your time, that this isn't even a partnership that's actually going to be fruitful for either party. Yeah. And for me, the successful partners and partnerships I had started like that. So, uh, as you said, you know, you, you're, you're seeing the opportunity, you're sharing it without any kind of, uh, okay, that's my commission, where is my commission? And you do a POC and then it develops, it kind of keeps coming. And for me, like at Sales Playbook, for example, so it's kind of a sales accelerator for startups in Switzerland. They've been sending me so much business. And at the beginning it was just, hey, free business for you. And at some point the partnership manager approached me and said, hey, why don't we put things in, in formal? And I was like, sure. So then they get yep. their cut. I'm super happy to do that. And we refer each other some business and it's just super nice. There's no kind of wrong expectation. And so I, I really found that there, this approach is much better. And the problem is that very often we, we uh, I've been in calls where people show me like their partnership decks and they're like, okay, this is what you're going to get. This is the number of opportunities you have to generate. And then you're entitled to that. And then, you know, you have the premium plan where we help you with this and that. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, I just want you to generate, to send me an opportunity or I send you one. And then we figure things out and we build the partnership as we go. So let's say for partnerships managers who are listening to us right now, they have KPIs, you know, they have stuff they have to process. So what would be their suggestion on that? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I mean, and one thing before we even get into that is just like, you know, I mean, it's funny, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit just because like, the, you know, oftentimes like the, the partnerships that are kind of, you know, um, like super like rigid from the beginning or oftentimes the partnerships that you should just be avoiding. Like, <laughs> so like sometimes it's, uh, it's just a red flag when you set it out from that perspective um, because it's ones that like, you know, the more organic you can make it, you know, um, a partnership is just like any other relationship. Like you don't want to force it. Um, and it's something that like you can start to basically figure out over the course of time time, whether or not it's actually gonna be something that's long term sustainable. Um, but yeah, to for, for specifically for partner managers, you know, um, uh, again, I'm going to narrow in the lens on like, you know, uh, SaaS companies, um, just mm -hmm. because that's like where our expertise is. Um, and I'd imagine, frankly, that's probably a lot of your, your listeners as well, yeah. you know, uh, just focusing on selling SaaS solutions. So um, partner managers, you know, um, like the most, you know, um, uh, quintessential way to basically kind of look at a partner manager is most organizations um, or SaaS organizations will have like a separate team that's responsible for the actual integration. Um, and then a partner manager is the one who's actually responsible for the relationship. Um, and now there's a whole bunch of different variations of this, but oftentimes the partner manager is basically like your core responsibility, their core KPI is partner sourced or partner influenced revenue, or oftentimes some combination of both. Um, and if you can think about it, like, you know, the integration team will go ahead, they'll build these like these integrations um and then the partnership manager is essentially like the quarterback you know for that for that partner to make sure that they have like an interface um uh, but any you know SaaS company has uh, a north star of revenue you know so you want to see how you can tie these relationships back to revenue just to prove that they're accretive you know to the bottom line 
Um, so, so partnership managers, like, I mean, like from their perspective, what they really care about is just, you know, making sure that these partnerships are fruitful and proving like the actual net ROI, you know, benefit of those via sourced, um, revenue, which is like this, this business would not have happened without this partner, you know, like an introduction would be a good example of that. Um, or influenced revenue, uh, which could be as simple as like a partner giving you information on an account or they gave you a recommendation. Um, uh, so those are really like as a salesperson, um, like understanding their motivations um, is really helpful because at the end of the day, they're actually the partnership managers are there to help you succeed. Um, you can almost think about them like as almost like like a partnership uh SDR, like they'll, they'll hate me if they if they hear that, but it's like a they're kind of like a you know like a partnership SDR for the salesperson because they can yeah. connect you to other people, um, uh, and obviously you know there's solutions like Partner that can automate a lot of that process too, like nowadays to actually make it so that you know like it's a lot more fluid. Um, but understanding their motivations is really important. And frankly, like, yeah, I don't think that enough um, salespeople, uh, we actually did a study, you know, this past year that only about five to 10% of salespeople effectively sell with partners. Um, most salespeople don't understand that, like the partnership team is there. Um, they're actually KPI'd on helping them. Um, and like, you know, when done right, uh, selling with your partners is actually the most effective way to close business. In my personal opinion, you know, it leads to 40% um, quicker, 40% uh, shorter sales cycle you know, up to 200% bigger deal sizes, 20% higher close rates. Um, so across the board, the business, like the numbers are very, very clear in a lot of ways, a lot of organizations, those numbers are even conservative. Um, so just knowing that that partnership manager is there to help you, the ecosystem is one of your best ways to sell. If you connect the dots on those two things, which like the best sales people have, um, then you realize like how big of a gold mine the actual ecosystem is for you on selling, you know, uh, and into any of your, your book of like your book of business or your accounts that you're trying to break into okay and how do you explain these these data so you said like 200 percent bigger deal or four times close four times faster what, what are the stats again and, and how do you explain them yeah so um whenever you work with partners uh there's 40 percent like you can sell the deal 40 percent faster with partners mm -hmm. leads to 200 percent bigger deal sizes um and up to 20% higher close rates. Uh, this was a, a study done by um, a company called Phoenix Consulting Group. They work with clients like Adobe, Amazon, Google, IBM, Microsoft, and a whole bunch of like, you know, other clients. So um, the, the, the core reason here, I just wanted to kind of break it down because I mean, those numbers obviously sound great, um, but you know, like I wanted to explain exactly why. Um, ultimately a lot of this just comes down to influence. Um, you know, if there's, like, if, if you draw a circle and put your buyer, like in the middle of that circle, they're going to have people around them who influence their decision. So whenever you're trying to break into an organization, like, it sounds intuitive, but, you know, making sure that you have conversations with everybody who influences, you know, uh, your buyer um, is going to lead to better business outcomes for you. Mm -hmm. And the people who influence that buyer are going to be folks like, you know, other vendors that they're working with, other, you know, agencies that they work with, um, other uh, consultants that they work with. Um you know, being able to, you know, there's a couple of different ways, like you can get an introduction from one of them, which is going to like that, you know, you're using their influence to get in front of them. And therefore that person is going to trust you more. Um, you can use them for a recommendation. Um, you can use them, you know, to make sure that you just get information on what is the stuff that that person actually cares about? What are their goals? What are their KPIs? What are the things that are actually like they're thinking about for their year? So you can cater your pitch or your outreach. Um, 
you know, the best salespeople again, have, have figured this out, um, where you'll just, you know, you draw that circle and the best salespeople are going to be like, I need to speak with every single person, um, in that, in that actual sphere of influence, uh, Andy white, who, you know, well, you know, uh, author of medic, but also previously worked at branch with us, um, talks about this really well, where his best deal, like that he can, like that he's ever sold, you know, the way in which he sold that deal was he had a conversation with all the other salespeople that he knew that already closed that account. And then he was able to basically triangulate that account so well that at the end of the buying cycle, like the Andy told this story on our podcast, the partnered podcast, um, that he had to, he actually had the, the champion basically just start throwing FUD out of nowhere because he was like, this sales cycle is going too well. Like we, we got to throw this guy off or we're not going to have, a, like, we're not going to yeah. be able to negotiate. <laughs> um, so when this is done right, it really is the most impactful way to sell. But those numbers are reflective of leveraging the influence of the people within that sphere of influence. And at uh, partnered, we call that account-based networking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. I never thought, of, uh, thought about that this way. This way. So typically for me, what I do a very important thing is uh, for every customer, before we, we, we do anything, I make them, we work on an ICP matrix with your ATL, your BTLs, typically that you know from, from skip uh, methodology. So above yep. the line buyer, below the line buyer, but also the influencers that I, I put in there. So people, you remember at branch, for example, you could have like your ATL and BTL mapped really well. And then you have the dev who's like, oh, I'm not gonna put that SDK into the app. There's no way I'm gonna do anything. So also, yep. you know, which I never understood actually, but uh, yeah, so um, you also have to have these people in mind. And I think, as you said, Working with partners who know already or who already have this relationship helps you map this account much better, get some introductions, understand how it's working. So to that point, uh, when does it make sense? Because, you know, if I'm working on a 10,000 euro deal, will it make sense for me to work on developing all these relationships? Or when does it, does it make sense? And when doesn't it make sense to work with partners like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and what's funny, yeah, I mean, you're, you're doing account-based networking and you, you might not, not even know it, you know, like when you're mapping out those influencers, like that's, that's account-based networking, you know, mm -hmm. um, like it's the way of basically, you know, networking with all the people like around that are involved on that account who actually have influence. Um, so to answer your question, um, so when you're thinking about, you know, breaking into an account, um, it, it is very important for you to basically think about like your actual sales cycle, you know, on a traditional enterprise sale, um, obviously doing a lot more research, you know, and this is something that I'm sure that, that you, you know, you preach about as well. Um, it goes a long way. Um, and it's no different for account-based networking, you know, like making sure that you actually figure out all, all those folks have like build those relationships. Um, and frankly, you know, those relationships that you build on this account are not just going to be helpful on that account. Like, you, you know, that salesperson probably has overlap on a handful of other accounts and you guys are going to be able to like leverage that relationship, both at your current jobs, but even down the road, you know, having more salespeople within your, your sales team network is always going to be like be beneficial. Um, as you go towards more of the transactional side of the spectrum, you know, um, like where it's just maybe like a one call close or something like that, mm -hmm. eh, you know, uh, it's still useful. Um, but the amount of time that you're probably going to dedicate towards, you know, account-based networking is definitely going to be, um, more limited, you know, like you may yeah. just want to basically make it more of like, a, you know, have one, like one call with somebody who's like, who, who, you know, who is like actively working with them. Um, uh, but you might not invest in like having too many additional calls with other folks that, you know, work with that client. 
Um, so uh, it's not to say that like you know like more transactional sales. It's not it's use, it's not useful. Um, in fact, you know it's definitely still like it's definitely still useful. But a lot of those relationships, you know, are probably going to be more transactional, um, where it would be like payouts or referrals or you know even reseller type relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas as you go towards like the more enterprise side of the spectrum or just longer sales cycles, like then it's I would argue that like you know if you're not doing this, you're not you're frankly just not doing your job as a salesperson. Um, um, because it's going to be one of the best ways for you actually to close that account. So if you're not leveraging the influence of those other folks or you know account-based networking around that account, um, then then yeah, uh, I would say that you're actually just frankly not doing you're not doing the proper job that you should be on trying to break into that account. Okay, that's very interesting. So one key learning for me is really something I didn't expect, but it's really that this account-based networking, as you call it, I think is is very interesting. For me, that's what something a takeaway I'm going to take is that every time I'm going to go into a deal, I'm going to try to understand who do I know who knows this person or who has been selling to this company, trying to understand, you know, have a quick chat with them, see where they're going. And it's something I've seen. I've seen. So, for example, I have my, my wife, she's working for Contentful. They work a lot with partners. And um, a friend of mine, you know, I've been working with is, uh, you know, I just a bunch of questions about a company. And it was a different company, different product, but selling to the same type of person in an organization in France. So they kind of started exchanging data. And so you could see how much knowledge they had about the account that they could actually exchange with other people. So I think that's very interesting. And there's definitely like a gold mine we just don't really address. So um, yeah, tell us a bit more about how Partner had doing that actually. Yeah, I mean, and, and you brought up a good point is just like, you know, uh, again, like you're, this isn't anything that's like revolutionary, you know, like when you when you first thing that, you know, any salesperson is going to do when they're trying to break into an account is they're going to go to LinkedIn and you're going to see who knows the person that you sell to, you know, um, that's relationship based selling. Um, the difference is that with account based networking, you know, what, what the focus really is, is on finding the other salespeople, you know, the people who've actually already been in your shoes and they've had to navigate that account, um, which ties back to, you know, those like integration relationships and agency relationships, like, um, and every single salesperson at any modern company has a massive network over there that is mostly untapped, um, because they don't even realize how big of a gold mine that they're sitting on, you know, um, it, there, there is absolutely no reason not to speak to somebody who's already closed the deal that you want to close uh, when you have a complimentary like integration with them. Um, a lot of salespeople, frankly, are more than happy to brag about you know like the fact that they closed that deal and tell you all of the like the pitfalls to avoid all the you know what like what what actually matters for for like. Um, for that account. Um, so like, you know, just building the investing in those relationships is going to, again, it's going to reap dividends for you, not only in the current moment, but also for down the road. Um, cool. So uh, the, now just to frame, you know, where partnered fits in is like, historically, this was all done manually, you know, like, you know, companies would basically like exchange spreadsheets, you know, back and forth. And they'd be like, okay, who's working on this account? Um, oh, it's this person. Or you might have like a shared Slack channel where you ask that question. Um, but it was by no means scalable. You know, it's basically like hacked together uh, with like staples and glue. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, you know, it was never actually a way of doing it. Um, so like, you know, what, we've built is like, you can think about it as just like a much better LinkedIn, you know, like our integration, the way that it works is like, you connect your, your CRM, you connect with the, which partners um, that you want to basically connect your sales teams on. Um, 
And then what we're going to do is we're just going to show you instantly um, in just a few minutes. And by the way, that you can get started for free um, publicly, we'll be launching it in March. Uh, so you'll be able to actually just sign up directly on our website. Um, uh, you'll be able to instantly see where all that overlap is both now and into the future, you know, CRMs, as, as most of us are aware, are always changing, you know, um, for example, we're shooting this in February, like a lot of companies have just done their new account assignments. Um, so whenever those changes happen, partner just automatically syncs that, um, and basically gives the sales team, like imagine a, a LinkedIn for salespeople, like you can basically go into that and you can see all the other people, salespeople who've already closed the deals that you want to close. You can communicate back and forth um, and for the partner managers we're going to track all that on the back end so that they you know, like they're they can see all like which partners are actually getting you know um, which partners are driving value and which ones aren't um, but that's partnered in a nutshell yeah it's just basically LinkedIn you know LinkedIn for for only salespeople okay that's a good uh, punchline LinkedIn but much better <laughs> would be a very good uh, <laughs> for you but I, I, I mean, how do you, that's a really good point the... but I mean like because the problem with things sorry not to, not to cut you up but like for LinkedIn right, right now the problem is is that it's like it's uh it's so low signal you know like you try and have a conversation with somebody or you try and like you know reach out to somebody and you're like oh how do you know them and they're like I don't even I, don't, I have no idea maybe it was a conference like 10 years ago yeah. you know yeah um whereas with partnered because we're connecting to the CRM which it's complete opposite super high signal um and you can make sure that not only is it like somebody who knows them but it's actually a salesperson who already closed that deal mm -hmm. um so they it's like it's like LinkedIn, but you know, 10x, 100x better um, because yeah. you're actually speaking directly to somebody who's who's literally closed the deal that you want to close. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. So where can they go and sign up? Uh, just go to www.partner.com, um, P-A-R-T-N-E-R-E-D.com. Um, you'll see on the top right, uh, there either be a wait list, depending on when you're looking at this, uh, or if it's, uh, if it's in March, if you're listening, um, you'll be able to publicly sign up directly over there. Sign up takes less than a couple seconds. Um, it's free to get started. Uh, and yeah, if you have any other questions, you know, you can also just reach out to our team directly via the, the intercom, um, bot that's over there on that website as well. Okay, perfect. So I'll put the link in the show notes so people can go and sign up and yeah, then that was really nice to have you and, you know, clarify everything on partnerships. So I think it's going to be really exciting to see where you're going to take that. And yeah, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're going to get access to a content library with training, checklists, and exclusive resources. You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up. 